Well, good morning, church. It's good to see everyone here. Well, welcome to Radiant Life. My name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor. And we have been together in a series that we've titled Awaken, and it's the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the second volume of a guy by the name of Luke. And you may be familiar with his writing. He writes the Gospel of Luke. This is his continuation of the Gospel. But we get an insight into the early Christian church, how it was launched, how, was it, how it was empowered, how it moved in the ancient world. And that's been our series as we are going section by section with little off-ramps that we have taken. Uh, I just wanted to look in the camera, welcome those watching online. We're so glad You guys are with us, even though you're on the other side of that lens, you guys are with us here. Well, before we jump in, let me just take you to where we're going to go in. So if you've got your Bible, a phone, or a tablet, turn to Acts chapter 2, and um, we'll get my clicker working here. There you go. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 37 through 41. I've titled this message, Everybody Needs This. Everybody needs this. So turn to your neighbor real quick and say, get ready. Turn to your other neighbor and say, take a drink of water real quick. (laughs) I'm ready to preach this morning. Just, I'm ready to preach this morning. Uh, I want to preach like Peter preached when when he is with the people. And uh, real quick, as you you are turning there to Acts chapter 2, Verse 37, let me, let me get us caught up what happens in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 happens as Jesus is with his disciples after he's been crucified. Jesus has been buried. Jesus is back to life and he spends 40 days with his disciples. Acts chapter 1 gives us a little snippet of his last moments with his disciples. And Jesus is reminding them that he is going to go back to heaven. It's known as the ascension. Back into heaven But the Holy Spirit will be coming upon them and giving them power to do what the mission is, to make disciples and be my witnesses. And so he's saying, it's better that I go. The Holy Spirit's coming. Don't worry about it. And Jesus, he's gone. And the disciples now are waiting. About 10 days in there, approximately, waiting for that promise of the Holy Spirit to come. What are they doing in the waiting? Do you remember in Acts chapter 1? They're praying, right? They're praying in their waiting. May you and I have that same posture and that same obedience. In the waiting, whatever our waiting season is, may we be in a posture of prayer. And then Acts chapter 2 happens. Acts chapter 2 starts out with a bang. It's the day of Pentecost. It's the Jewish festival where the um, pilgrims, the Jewish, uh, it's a pilgrim festival. The Jewish men must make their way into Jerusalem from the ancient world to celebrate if you're able to. And so there's all these nations of Jewish people are there in Jerusalem. And it's there that God decided to send his spirit, Holy Spirit, down upon the disciples or the 120 that are in this upper room and they're filled with the spirit. And then it begins to say that everyone's starting to hear the wonders of God being preached in their own native language. 
The good news of who Jesus Christ is, the wonders of our God is being preached now. It's not anymore in Jerusalem, but it's to the nations now. And Holy Spirit comes down and the people are there. As we looked last week, it says they're amazed and perplexed. They're wondering what is going on. And it says not everyone's amazed. Some are literally thinking they're drunk. And we looked at last week that Peter, the leader of all the disciples, the one who was in Jesus's inner circle with James and John, sat there and denied Jesus when he's on trial three times, but got reinstated or recommissioned by Jesus on the shore of Galilee. And now Peter's filled with the Spirit. It says, Peter stands up. He's going to make a statement for Jesus Christ in front of the crowds that crucified Jesus, knowing that Peter very well, the crowds could turn and crucify me, just like they did to Jesus. But what's the difference? He's empowered and filled by the Spirit. He stands up and he goes, oh, listen, they're not drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. What you see is what the prophet Joel in the Old Testament said, that the Spirit of God, that God will pour out his Spirit and you're going to see signs and wonders and people are going to prophesy and see visions. That's what this is. They're not drunk. And this Jesus whom you crucified is dead. Then he says, but God raised him from the dead because with God, anything is possible. And then he sat and goes, oh, by the way, God said he's the Lord and the Messiah. He's the savior of all of you. And this is where we pick up as Peter is telling them that God raised him from the dead. Jesus is the Lord and the Messiah who you crucified, but he's not dead. He is risen. In Acts chapter two, verse 37, when the people heard this, there's people willing to hear about Jesus Christ and you've got the message. You just got to start speaking his name. You have people in your sphere of influence where you work, where you live, where you play that need to know Jesus Christ. They're ready to hear. They're waiting for you to speak. And Peter, filled with his spirit, spoke those things. And when the people heard this, here's their reaction. They were cut to the what, friends? They're cut here. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? See, they're convicted. Holy Spirit has gently reminded them and awakened them through Peter's message. Listen, you crucified Jesus, but he's alive. And you need him as your Lord and Savior. And they're cut. And I love what this response is. Brothers, what should we do? I truly believe this is the state of every person, whether they follow Jesus or not. They're asking the question, what shall we do? But they're turning either to the world or to Jesus Christ. Everyone we, are, we encounter, according to the book of Romans, you are either in Adam, which is sin, or you're in Christ, which is freedom. You're in Adam or you're in Jesus. Every person you encounter is in Adam or they're in Jesus. 
And I think because of the, because that you and I are the imago Dei, we are the image of God, we are image bearers of the divine, I truly believe that that emptiness in our heart can only be filled by one name, and his name is Jesus. And they're searching, and we're asking the question, what shall we do? But people are turning to the world to fill the void that only Jesus Christ can fill. And they're asking that same question. And here's Peter's response. Peter sits there and goes, so I got, I got good news for you. <laughs> yeah, I know I just told you guys you crucified the Messiah, but there's good news. There's a response that everyone needs to do this. And he says this, his response. Peter replied, can we say this one word together? Repent. One more time. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. We're going to look at Peter's thing, and we're going to find four or three things that everyone needs. That's why we titled the message, Everyone Needs This. So if you're a note taker, as Pastor Josh says, I say that. If you're a note taker, take notes. If you're not a note taker, take notes, because the enemy of the soul wants to steal truth from you. I love you. You non-note takers are like, no, he doesn't. He, he's picking on me. All right, here we go. Ready? Here's the first one. Everyone needs to what, friends? One more time. Everyone needs to think about this. And I'll unpack repent. Think about this. And I'm going to give you a, sub, a, a couple subpoints. Here's, here's my first. Repent is the first word of the gospel. Repent is the first word of the good news of Jesus Christ. Because you and I are walking in sin, we are going this way, and repent is to be beyond a change of mind and action and direction. That you and I are going this way, but with the good news of Jesus Christ reminding us that this is leading to destruction, this is leading to sin, this is leading to bondage, and that there's good news on the other side, that we are turning our lives around and aimed at Jesus Christ. And I love what Jesus says as he begins his ministry. Jesus was baptized. Jesus spent 40 days under temptation in the wilderness. And then Jesus is on the scene beginning to start his ministry. And this is what Matthew says. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. And what's the first word he preached? Repent. You got to turn your direction from sin to God. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. You got to turn from sin to God. You're turning from your actions to God's actions. You're turning from your thoughts to God's thoughts. You're turning from your life and your will to God's will in a way. That's what repent means. It's that change, 180 degree change. If you will, think of a U-turn sign. Now, I know a lot around here, we've got the no U-turn. That's not repentance, okay? Think of the real U-turn sign that that's what repentance is. Heading this direction, but I'm turning back to you, God. Turning back to you. I love what Jesus says. He's reminding his disciples and this is after he's been buried and resurrected and he's appearing to his disciples for 40 days. He says this in Luke. He's reminding them something about who he is in this message of Jesus Christ. And he says this, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations. In other words, this repentance is for everyone. This turning from sin back to God, from yourself back to God. 
and for the forgiveness of sins. It's for everyone. And by the way, we got to go preach this. You got to go preach this. Repent is the first word of the gospel. When you and I come into a moment of salvation, you and I are broken and we're bending our knee to say, not my will, but your will now, Jesus. It's turning from our sin to him. And here's the difference. Here's where, if you're not a Christian this morning, you're off the hook in this moment. So sit back and relax. If you're a Christian, a disciple of Jesus, lean in. I think this is hard for us sometimes. Because we often can confuse confession with repentance. And they are different. Confession speaks, repentance walks. See, James, the half-brother of Jesus, tells us to confess, with, confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. And we we kind of have a hard time with that too because we, we don't, I mean, how often, if I, raise, if I had us all raise our hands, don't raise your hand. But if I had you, how many of us would say, oh yeah, I confessed my sins to a trustworthy friend to, this week? Like probably not many of us would say that, right? But we're told to. We're really good at probably confessing to God but not one another to turn to a brother or sister in Christ and say, hey, I really struggled with this this week and I'm confessing it to you. Will, you. will you pray for me? See, confession speaks what we've done, but repentance actually walks out the confession now. That I've confessed this thing, I've turned, and now I'm walking in repentance because I'm done with that, walking towards Jesus Christ. Does that make sense, friends? They are two completely different things. Both important but we tend to fall on this line more than this line. And I love what 2 Corinthians, I love this verse. It says, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Godly sorrow always produces a change of heart. But worldly sorrow, you'll end up producing bitterness and unforgiveness and you'll be walking in that now. It's a difference. Everyone needs to what, friends? Everyone. Peter says when everyone's cut to the heart, remember, they're cut to the heart. What do we do? Peter's first words, the same first words, Jesus, when he started his ministry, repent. You got to change your direction. Here's the second thing. Everyone needs to walk in what, friends? Oh, say it one more time. Walk in what? Oh, thank you. I love having kids here. Walk in obedience. Watch what Peter says right after he says repent. Let's go back to Acts. Peter replied, repent and be what, friends? Every one of you. You got to turn your direction. By the way, you need to walk in obedience and get baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, please lean in in this moment. Baptism does not save you, but baptism does follow salvation. What I love about baptism, it's the first step of obedience in your faith. It's baptism. It's baptism. Now, here's, here's, we celebrate, if you've been around Radiant Life, we celebrate baptisms big time. It's why we, there you go. That's why we have that wall over there of signed names that people go after being, been baptized and they sign that wall as a reminder. Here's why I love baptism. I think it's important for two things. Number one, we celebrate as a church the first step of obedience in our faith is baptism. We celebrate that person is taking an obedient step in their faith. Second of all, we celebrate because they are going public before you to say, 
I love Jesus and he's changed my life and I've chose to follow after him. Come, oh, oh, you guys need to celebrate that. Come on now, right? Here's the issue. Here's the issue. Lean in. I love you guys. You know what most people want to know about churches? Are your two B's, butts and budgets, right? You got to think about that for a moment. I'll let it, you know. The butts is, they want to know the butts. How many people do you have on Sunday morning? And then they want to know your budget. What are you running? How much money do you need? What's your weekly give? Did we, did we hit it? Did we not? Both those things, please hear me. Both those things I think are important. We should monitor that. We should look at those numbers. I don't think those numbers matters as much as a baptism decision matters. Because that is a measure of obedience. Just coming on Sunday morning does not mean you have transformation in your life. Does that make sense? So what what does Pastor Ryan want to celebrate? I want to celebrate certain things. I want to celebrate baptisms because now we know that is a step of obedience and we're going to celebrate. I want to celebrate every time we make a disciple of Jesus Christ. How do you measure that? Very difficult, but I think there's things that we can. No one's asking me the question, Ryan, how many disciples did Radiant Life make this week? Everyone's asking the butts and budget question. And again, not bad, but it's not as important as those other things. How are we reaching lost people? That's an important number. How many salvations, not just radiant life, I want to know salvations you guys experienced this past week. Who did you lead to the Lord? Because we want to celebrate that as a church, right? And I know that there is a great-grandmother in here that led their great-grandchild to the Lord about a month ago. We celebrate that in the name of Jesus, That is good stuff that's happening. And it's not just happening on the stage, right? It's happening in your world. Where? Where you live, where you work, and where you play. Those are important. But here's here's what trips us up in this verse. It's this word right here. It says, for. So Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. So remember the New Testament. This is part of the New Testament the last about third of your Bible, was written in Greek, translated to Latin, translated into English. And so this Greek word should actually, the the appropriate definition of this Greek word is actually because you are in a place of. So if you want to read it with those lens, it literally says you're going to repent and what? You're going to go be baptized because now you're in a place of forgiveness of your sins. You are in a place of forgiveness. That is why you're going to go public with your faith now and tell everyone you follow Jesus because you're in a place of forgiveness. Does that make sense? Remember, baptism doesn't save you, but baptism does follow salvation. Here's what saves you, Romans 10, 9 through 10, or Romans 10, yeah, Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Can we read these four words together? You will be saved. Pretty simple. I think sometimes we complicate salvation. And it's very clear as Paul is writing to the churches, the house churches in Rome. Declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is master of your life. Believe right here in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Here's the answer. You'll be saved. 
And then he writes, for it is written with your heart, or for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you're saved. It's nothing you and I do. It is because of the grace gift of God that he does it for you. Paul's writing to the uh, region of Ephesus and he says this, for it is by, what's this one word? Grace, you've been saved. What is grace? It's an unmerited favor from God. You don't do anything to, re- to uh, earn it. God just showers you with it though fi- uh, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's a gift that God is showering on us. Not by your works. There's nothing you can do to earn God's grace more or God's love so that no one can boast. It's not you. It's your heavenly father who loves you, showering you with it. That's how we come to faith. And then I love in Jesus's, Jesus even got baptized. He set that example for walking in obedience. Mark records this, as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. Who do you have right here so far? Jesus and Holy Spirit. You got two thirds of the Trinity. Here's the other third. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. You have the entire Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right here at Jesus' baptism. You have it all. And I love what Jesus reminds us to. Remember, there's a mission for you and I. And Matthew records this. Remember this. Go and make disciples. And what do you do with the disciples? Baptizing them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is a walk of obedience after salvation. Is baptism. Lean in. Here's, here's please, I love you. <laughs> Here's my fear with a lot of followers of Jesus today. We've bought into obedience, optional Christianity. If it rubs us, if it's not comfortable for us, if it pushes us a little bit, we say, I don't want to do that. But we are called to be obedient, even in the unknown. We are called to be obedient, even if it pushes us against our comfort zone. We always want to make sure it's scriptural. But we are to walk in obedience. How many times did God call people out of their comfort into the uncomfortable? I know, we love comfort. That's why we call it comfort. Did you know that? (laughs) We got comfy blankets. We just got our comfortable spot. We got our cozy chair. Like, we love comfort. Sometimes God sits there and goes, but I'm calling you to be obedient. Will you be more faithful to your comfort or you'll be more faithful to your calling? You choose. Learn it at a young generation. That is awesome. Because lean in. When we buy into this, we're missing out. A life that isn't following wholeheartedly is a life that's missing it. God has more for us. And I don't want you to miss out. Because it's the most beautiful thing. It's the, most, it's the number one decision in this life you'll ever make. What will I do with Jesus Christ? Will I... Put him to a side, or will I bow my knee and surrender to him? That is why we love baptisms at Radiant Life, and we are doing Easter baptism. I'm so excited. 
because I love baptism and I was sick our last one. <laughs> and so I can't wait for this one. Um, I just need to throw this out there. I get no commission on baptisms, by the way. Like I don't make a dime more by having more people come up and get baptized. I don't make anything more. When I get so excited again, it goes to that walking in obedience. It's a step of obedience, and that's what I celebrate. Because blessing, or obedience precedes blessing always. Always walking. And I love that people, every story, I point here because this is normally where the tub sits. Almost every story we hear from people, because they go sign their name there and then they go to the back, in the back green room there and there's bathrooms and they get changed and everything. But what one thing they always say is this, something's different. When I came out of the water, something is different. And I say, yes, because you're walking in obedience and you're starting to see the blessing of God when you walk in obedience. I love it, I love it, I love it. So here's what you do. You can click the QR code on the back of your seat or go to theradiantlife.church and sign up now for baptism. So let me tell you, as Pam said, there's Easter times, right? So six o'clock Saturday and then on Easter resurrection Sunday morning, where you got those three times. You remember? 8, 10, 11.30. Here's the thing. We're going to do baptisms at the 8 and the 11.30. Okay? So those two. You get, if you're going to get signed up for baptism, you got to pick 8 or 11.30 to get signed up for. And I'm so excited. Now, 6 o'clock Saturday. Let me talk to our change makers really quick. Our volunteers. I'm going to really highly encourage this that you bring your family as a change maker to celebrate Easter at Radiant Life alive Saturday night. We're going to try to do something special for you, change makers, that are serving Sunday morning here. We want to make room for people to, to see and experience something. So we want to bless you on Saturday night. And I know some of you right now are like, but Saturday's not Easter. Can I remind you, April 17th isn't actually the right day for Easter also? I mean, the the event of Jesus' resurrection, right? Do you know how we determine when Easter falls? The moon phases, okay? So even on Sunday morning, this April 17th, that ain't the day the Lord raised, you know? So don't worry about it. It's just, this is also why Easter changes dates every year. Every year, Easter changes dates. That's why, because it's based on the moon cycle, okay? So if you're like, man, but it's not Easter Sunday. Well, neither is Easter Sunday, okay? It's just not. Does that make sense? We still celebrate that the tomb is empty, amen? It doesn't matter. We celebrate it now today, and we'll celebrate. What's cool is we come together with the Greek Orthodox, with the Catholics, and with the Protestants, and we all celebrate that our Lord is alive. And that's the power of uniting the three branches of our faith, the Orthodox, the Catholics, the Protestants, celebrate the risen Lord on the exact same day. That's cool. There you go. Put it in your back pocket. So here's the second. Listen, everyone needs to walk in what, friends? Obedience. Everyone's cut to the heart and he says, what do we do? He says, repent and be baptized. Repent and walk in obedience. Here's the third and final one. He says this, everyone needs the Holy Spirit. You need him now. You need him. Because you guys were walking in the flesh and 
With Jesus, everything changes. When you walk this way, you repent. You're going back to God. You get dunked in the water. You're baptized as a sign of the forgiveness of your sins. And now there's the spirit of the Lord that fills you. And you need him. Jumping in the book of Acts, it says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, this gift is the promise. The promise is for you and your children. And for all who are far off. This is for everyone, because everyone needs this. And for all whom the Lord our God will call. You need the Spirit, and I need the Spirit. And in Romans, Paul reminds us about the Spirit. He says this, those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. He says that faith, you have the gift. We've got to walk in obedience, friends. You need the spirit because you and I need to be influenced by the spirit. Not to be influenced by the world, but to be influenced by the presence of God. You and I need to live by the spirit. You have two options, live by the flesh or live by the spirit. So the flesh will lead to destruction. The flesh will lead to sin. The flesh will lead to bondage. You don't want that. You want to live by the spirit because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You got to walk in the spirit. Keep in step with the spirit. Don't be too slow from the spirit. Don't run ahead of the spirit, but stay in step with the spirit as he leads you. And be led by him. Don't be led by your own earthly desires. But be led by the presence of God in your life. Because remember, if you were here last week when Peter stood up, realizing that there's empowerment that happens because there's a mission. The mission was for the disciples and the mission is for you and I. We have a calling to make disciples and to be his witness. Because there are people in your life that need to know who Jesus Christ is. And they are hopeless and they're helpless, but you have the message of hope and help. The only message in his name is Jesus Christ. And everyone responds and they hear Peter say, everyone needs this, repent, be baptized. You're gonna be filled with the spirit. You need the spirit, it's for everyone. And then at the end, look what happens. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. He says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted this message, there it is, they're walking. They repented because they accepted. They're in salvation. They got baptized. How many? And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's a long church service to baptize that many people. They go from 120 disciples, apostles of Jesus Christ to over 3,000 in one day. The message is spreading. Everyone needs to repent, to walk in obedience, and we need the Holy Spirit. So next week, for the next three weeks leading into Easter, we are off-ramping again from our Awaken series in the book of Acts. 
So how do we take this message? How do we have that holy boldness that we talked about last week? We're going to do a three-weeker starting next week called Reaching Out, Go and Make Disciples. How do we reach out today? How do we reach out with truth and grace? How do we do it? See you next week for that, though. But please hear me. Ask yourself this question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Everyone needs it. There are people in your life who God wants to work through you and has positioned you, divinely positioned you where you work, where you live, where you play to be an instrument in his hands for his kingdom, for his kingdom. You just close your eyes, friends. We're gonna sing a song here in just a moment. It's called All the Poor and Powerless. And I'm gonna ask us to, as we sing this song, to think of maybe a family member, a friend, a coworker, teammate, classmate that needs to know who Jesus Christ is. I'm going to ask you in this moment, just pray for holy boldness. Ask the Lord to just empower you. Because everyone needs to repent, to walk in obedience, and everyone needs the Spirit. Father, help us be the church that goes and shouts your name, Jesus Christ. Let us shout it in the valley. Let us shout it on the mountain. There are hurting, weak people who are lost and broken and needs one hope. And they're at the end of their rope right now. But God, your son, Jesus Christ, changes everything. May we be a church that shouts out hallelujah. May we be a church that's on our knees praying for the lost, seeking those who are far from you to go and make disciples and bear your witness to a lost, hurting, helpless, broken world that needs you, Jesus. May we shout it that Jesus is God. Jesus changes everything. Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And your life will be radically changed when you repent, walk in obedience, and the Spirit fills you. Father, let us be that church that shouts it. So those that are poor and powerless can now be cherished and loved and crowned with beauty. That you've turned their ashes into something beautiful. Help us to be that church. Lord, help us to be that church. We have the message. Everyone needs it. Give us the empowerment. Give us the boldness to give it. And may we shout it. May we shout it. May we shout it. It's because of you.
And we get to sing out hallelujah. And we get to sing out our praise to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we get to shout your praises because we ourselves know what it's like to repent. We know what it's like to walk in forgiveness now. We know what it's like to walk in freedom. We know what it's like to be a child of God, to be filled and covered with righteousness, to be filled and covered with your love. We know what it's like. May our hearts break for those haven't experienced that yet. God, I know there could be some in this room in this moment. They're wondering, what's that tug? What's that, what's that thing? And Lord, we know it's the presence of you. It's Holy Spirit tugging on their heart. You work in the lives of unbelievers as you tug and draw their heart to the Father's heart. God, it's that preeminent grace that you give that draws us to you. With all eyes still closed, there could be people right now that you know, now's your moment of repentance. Now's your moment to turn your life to God. I want to lead you in a prayer. Say this in your heart. Just say, Heavenly Father, I need you. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are master of my life. You are my savior. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me as white as snow. I believe you died for me. And three days later, defeated death and rose again. Fill me with your spirit. I surrender my life and my will to you. Help me to follow you the rest of my life. Thank you that I'm made new. Thank you I'm a new creation in you, Jesus Christ. Thank you. With all eyes still closed, we say here at Radiant Life, an inward decision expressed outwardly, it kind of does this solidification thing. It's hard to explain. So just on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up and then put it right back down. If today was your day. So on the count of three, would you do that? One, God loves you. Two, you are brand new. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ today. Three, if that's you, just shoot it up and shoot it down. Praise God. Anyone else? I see hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus, you've changed everything. Let us shout your name. Let us be a people filled with holy boldness. Let us be a people that is empowered by your spirit. Let us be a people who knows what people need. They need you, Jesus, and help us to give that message to others. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.